This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. All right, guys, we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Uh, my name is Selena Hill. I'm here with Stanley Fritz on the PC Ones and Twos, Alyssa Fuchs and Jackie Cohen. And of course, our intern Monty is here as well. So we just wrapped up a really long but good and intense discussion about the DNC. And of course, we know what does that, you know, leave us all to do? Vote. Now we're going to talk about another issue that was really pretty much heard a lot at the RNC uh, last week or two weeks ago and is also heard a lot and, and pushed uh, uh, amongst Republicans, right? And I'm talking about like ISIS and that fear and of course mm-hmm. it always roots down into Islamophobia. Now, I understand people do have a legit fear. We just had a French 85-year-old priest who was killed, uh, decapitated by two jihadists um, in France. And we know that, you know, something like that is terrorizing. It was during mass and there were a number of witnesses who watched this elderly priest die. That is horrible. And then we also had that ISIS-inspired attack in Nice when you had... um, a man, a younger man, actually, at that, I think he was like in his 20s or 30s, and he literally like ran a truck through hundreds of people, through dozens of people, and injured hundreds, hundreds of people, and um, it killed a number of people, injured people. Of course, children have died, and uh, you know, uh, people are definitely on high alert. And those are just two specific attacks that have happened recently um, to majority like European citizens or, or European in European countries, but I. I think that for this discussion, you know, in in addition to speaking about that aspect of ISIS, there's something that I think media doesn't do a good job at talking about. And it's the fact that ISIS also hits and targets a number of Muslim people. They are actively killing, terrorizing countries like Syria and uh, and, and other Baghdad and Iraq, Afghanistan in as they try to take over. So I, I think that. This is something that we need to pay more attention to because when you, if you listen to Republicans say it or like Donald Trump, you think that ISIS is just going to pop up one day and just like blow up our one of our malls. And, but that reality is actually more of a reality for people who are brown and who do live um, overseas. So I'll say that. Um, and then I will also, um, you know, I'll say that. And then I will also introduce our very special guests who we have on the line who will help us in this conversation and also um, the perspective that she speaks from. So let me just get her name here. Her name is Amara Rahman, and she is the executive liaison for at Equality for Her. She's also the founder of the Muslim Project, which is an awareness campaign dedicated to eradicating the stereotypes and stigmas surrounding Islam. And we know that there are a lot. Hello, Amara. Hi, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. No, no, we appreciate you um, coming here. And, you know, I wanted to start off, you know, just talking about the recent attacks in ISIS and you as uh, uh, the recent ISIS attacks in Europe. And I mean, you as a Muslim woman, I mean, um, you hear, you know, these things that are happening and I'm sure you have to feel that same type of fear as an American. But I feel like when we hear uh, these reports being reported here, especially on like right wing media, it's reported mm-hmm. in a pers- in a perspective that sort of like alienates the two. Like you can't be American and Muslim and also fear ISIS. 
No, I definitely agree with you what you're trying to say, and it's it's 100% true as well. A lot of times people forget that Muslims living in America are American as well, and so when there's Islamophobia surrounded against us and the people are saying, go back to your country, where it's like, where? I was born here. Where where do you expect me to go? Uh, yeah, you're definitely right. It's There's not a lot of, there isn't a sense of safety anymore, especially in countries that don't necessarily experience terrorism. I mean, especially what's happening in France and Nice and with the priests, people are in church. Now, now people are going to essentially think that church isn't safe anymore for them, or just it's not safe to be in a larger group or a larger setting, concert settings, that, because that's essentially where people are going to be targeted the most. And it's exactly right um, that it, it's not, there isn't a sense of safety for anyone, really, because it's not like they're specifically targeting a certain aspect or a certain person. It seems as if they're just, any group that they can get their hands on is just being vanished. I think that, you know, that's a fair comment and the way people's perception. I was having a large conversation the other day about perception versus mm-hmm. reality, right? And, you know, what mm-hmm. people's perception of uh, their risk of being killed in a terrorist attack is versus what the actual reality of your risk of being at a terrorist. And obviously, this is one of those situations where you're obviously way more likely to get killed in a car accident or even mm-hmm. in a mass shooting not related to terrorism than you are in an actual terrorist attack. I mean, your chances of getting killed in a terrorist attack are about the same as your chances of getting struck by lightning. That said, what's bothered me the most throughout all of this is the sheer number of terrorist attacks in majority Muslim countries that have killed Muslims that do not get the sort of coverage that the terrorist attacks that happen in Belgium and France get. I mean, starting at the beginning of 2016, the first one, two, three, four, five, six terrorist attacks were in Libya, Egypt, Turkey, which sort of is Europe, but sort of is a Muslim, partially Muslim country, Indonesia, Saudi Arabia, and then Syria. And so, you know, just, and that's, and then another one in Syria, and then another one in Turkey. And those are all the terrorist attacks that we have before we get to the terrorist attack in Belgium in March of 2016. And so the question then becomes, why is it that the attacks that occur in majority Muslim countries against Muslims don't get the kind of media attention and don't get talked about. And we're, again, then we have people like Donald Trump demonizing Muslims and talking about Muslim bans and, you know, who can come to America um, because of the threat of terrorism, when in reality, terrorists are very threatening, especially towards Muslims. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Uh, I think the easiest way to really understand why that there is this lack of media coverage and lack of attention towards Muslims being killed by ISIS is that essentially if it's not happening here, it isn't happening. That if it's not our problem, it's not happening at all. And the only reason why there is a lot of um, media attention in, say, uh, France or Germany or other European countries is because that's more relates to westernization and that's something more that an American person can relate to. And, I mean, it's also, I would say that American media is also very, I mean, it's going to cover more Western uh, attacks anyways. And then exactly what you're saying about Donald Trump and the GOP in general, that there's been a large increase of Islamophobia and that it's been feeling um, a lot of hatred towards Islam, um, Muslims as well. And that's mainly because that, I believe this year that there's been a platform given for hate speeches because of how 
Donald Trump is reacting or saying everything against Muslims about putting a ban on them coming into the country. Well, people don't really realize that when ISIS first started, it started in the Middle East in a Muslim country, and they were attacking Muslim people because they wanted to gain territory. They wanted to gain power. They wanted to gain oil. And essentially, people forget that, that that's how it started, that before it even hit Europe, before it even hit, before even attacks that happened in America that ISIS claimed are their soldiers, it happened in the Middle East. Baghdad was taken over, refineries were taken over there, oil refineries were taken over there, and people forget that Muslims were dying the most. But again, it goes back to the whole concept of it. If it's not happening here, it's not happening at all. Right. And I think what's so damaging about that is this misconception that terrorists in the Middle East and in Europe only are out to kill Americans, right? Like, I mean, it's very American to make this so centric to ourselves, but there's this, this misconception that terrorists only want to kill um, and destroy the U.S. and the West and have, you know, you know, only for their own best interest and not um, terrorize their own communities, right, or communities closer to home. And I think that what ultimately that does is create a bigger divide, right, between um, Americans' perception, non-Muslim Americans' perception of what Islam is, right, that it's this them versus us thing where they're not really viewing the bigger scope. Right. Amara? Yeah. Yep, exactly. I would completely agree. That I just I would completely agree that ISIS does not speak for Islam at all and right. that exact exactly what you're saying is that majority of people are being attacked are Muslim and I think the reason why people forget that is also because of the way ISIS portrays itself. They are themselves saying, Come join us where the Islamic like state you're gonna have a better education, a better life here. And that's just how they're using their propaganda. And it's very interesting because pictures that I'll see on Twitter or on other social media of children being hurt is something that a westernized media like outlet will use as well and saying that, look, wow. this is what ISIS is doing. But then ISIS will also use them, the same exact images and being like, come join us so we can stop our children from being killed. Wow. Can I just say something really quickly? I want you to know that white America does not speak for all Americans. And, and if you're laughing, you think that's silly. That's how silly it sounds when you have to say something like ISIS does not speak for Islam. White people are crazy and have been blowing people up for years. But we don't have to apologize for them because everyone knows that white people are crazy. <laughs> all right, like well, yeah, when white people as an institution, not like Jackie and Alyssa, who I don't, I don't I question their whiteness. But um, <laughs> thanks. No, it, it, it's true though. It's like. When, you know, a, a white person or a white American does something, we see them as an individual and we never uh, affiliate them with being a Christian or with being right. male mentally or with being white. <laughs> or we say that they're mentally ill. We make excuses, that it's pretty much. When, when, Bernie, when Bernie Madoff, like, tanked the economy, I did not go around apologizing <laughs> on behalf of all Jews, right? Like, Shit. because I did not feel that I needed to because obviously... He was Jewish? I... Oh, come on, come Stanley. On, That's racist, <laughs> No, but you know what I mean? Like, the this atrocious acts committed by people do not reflect the ideals of an entire, massive, diverse group. You know, not even group. That... Uh, population of human beings, right? But, but we had this idea that, you know, a lot of white Americans um, 
feel that many Muslims in this country need to come out and say, oh, but I don't affiliate with this. But it's really the problem with white people who don't understand what Islam is well, and think that there I is mean, a, where it's, a it's not just white people, but like they're whom I'm going to pick on today. I mean, see, but where were those people have coming out saying, well, we're not affiliated with Timothy McVeigh, right. you know? Uh, but, you know, I, there's just something else that I wanted to say, and I don't want to get away from it, which is the concept that our guest pointed out about, you know, this is not Islamic, right? The, what right. ISIS is doing is not Islamic. I think the best uh, evidence of that is that a lot of the uh, uh, terrorist attacks that they committed, recent ones, were committed during Ramadan, which is the right. holiest month of the year for Muslims. And so you have to ask yourself, if you have a situation where most people are working very hard, they're getting up early, they eat a meal in the morning, they then do not eat all day, they are praying, they're you know doing their daily routine in a way that humbles them um, and makes them understand, you know, you know, and that's part of the re- same reason why Jews fast on Yom Kippur, right? right? It's the humbling experience of the fast. Um, and, and then obviously, like going through those traditions and cultures and observing this very, very holy month and holiday. And you have other people that claim to be Muslims, you know, committing terrorist attacks and blowing themselves up. And you have to question, you know, whether or not somebody who's really that religious, who actually uh, claims to be doing these things on behalf of a religion, is that religious, is that religious in them? They're taking it upon themselves to blow themselves up or shoot at other people during an extremely religious holiday and so to me that says we don't care about the religion at all we only care about power and oil and you know it's not about islam that just happens to be a side part of it you sound like you're summarizing the bush's reason to go to war i want to get uh amara's uh, feedback on that yeah no i would 100 percent agree and i just wanted to also add in the fact that a lot of their recruitments, a lot of the people that are in ISIS themselves have not fully read the Quran. They have not fully understand the religion themselves. There was an interview by one of the children that was recruited there, and he was saying, well, in the Quran it says that you, if you do, if you blow up this or whatever, if, you, if you're attempted in a suicide bomb, then you'll go to heaven. But obviously it does not say that. But yeah. when you're, you're telling children this, you're telling children convinced of this, children who are in a vulnerable position because, again, the state of Syria, um, there's, or like the recruitment there, people, the children there are essentially a lost generation. There's not, there's no education for them. There's not anything that's provided for them. And so it's easier for them to be recruited because they're in a vulnerable position. And children are, it's very easy to convince them these things. And so that's why, and they haven't read the Quran. They're just being told. It's kind of like the Constitution. It's kind of like the Constitution. We got a lot of people here that, uh, you know, they've never read the Constitution, but they'll be glad to tell you what's in it or how it operates. Selena? (laughs) No, no, you're you're absolutely right. And we're going to go on a break um, in a a few more seconds. And we come back. I I sort of want to focus on um, how the U.S. and President Obama is even feeding into this growing fear of Islamophobia, which then translates into more higher recruitment rates for ISIS. So um, we'll talk about that and much more after we get back from break. And remember, guys, if you want to call in, the number is 212-650-6903. Let your voice be heard. We 
are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, I am Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and Jackie Motherloving Cohen with the Cohen glasses. And we are talking about ISIS and the fact that when ISIS seems to attack brown people, no one says anything. But when they attack not brown people, they have a lot to say. And because we are wonderful people and we love all of our listeners, we want to give a quick shout out to Joachim from Germany who listens to the show every single week. Awesome. He did want to give commentary on the election. Unfortunately, I said, Joachim, we stopped talking about that three weeks ago. So, mm-hmm. Joachim, thank you for calling in. Please keep listening. You are awesome. Definitely. We definitely appreciate him and everyone else who has been listening and calling in. And again, the number is 212-650-6903. Yes, and you can let your voice be heard. So, you know, before we went on break, we were talking about how, uh, again, ISIS has, you know, attacks uh, people all over. Uh, Amara gave great examples of how when they first started their war and to build their empire, the caliphate, they were attacking other Muslims in these Middle Eastern regions so they can continue to build power. But we didn't really hear too much about ISIS and it didn't really become like a trending term until we seen ISIS inspired attacks in like San Bernardino and other places in the West, here in America, etc. But I, I wanted to say that um, you know, on top of that, then you have people like Republicans who use this as fodder to get votes, right? You hear Donald Trump constantly saying things, making Islamophobic remarks and then saying things like he would put a ban on Muslims from coming to this country, which is not a solution. It actually just plays into that fear and ISIS then turns around and uses it to recruit other people. And you know what else that they do to recruit more people into their army? When people, when the U.S. or U.S back coalitions drop airstrikes or drop drones on people in Syria that just gives ISIS more fodder and that actually happened not too long ago between 60 and 200 civilians including children were killed in Syria during a US backed airstrike um, um, a few weeks ago and I say a big range between 60 to 200 because they don't necessarily have like the resources and to, to really report on the number of people that died. And then again, when I was doing research, I couldn't even find much information. It was only like the Associated Press that was reporting on it. And that's just, I mean, that's just sad. But I'll tell you who does talk about that all the time. ISIS. Right. So, you know, I wanted to get our very special guest we have on the line. We have Amara um, Remen. She is the executive liaison at Equality for Her. And I wanted to just get her feedback on, you know, how ISIS is just using these tactics to recruit for their army. Yeah. Um, well, one thing is definitely the, what I would talk about is that the amount of hostility that the GOP has created this year in, in saying that Donald Trump has not only said that he's going to uh, not allow Muslim immigrants into the country, but he's also said that his tactic to defeat ISIS is to bomb them. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense because the reason why ISIS has gained so many recruitments is because of the bombing that's happened in these areas. The U.S. airstrikes that you just uh, mentioned, not I mean, just a few days ago, there was an airstrike in July, and it killed 85 civilians, including children, in Syria. And the airstrike, and when America does this airstrike or the U.S. does this airstrike and they kill so many civilians, so many innocent people, they, all they say is, oh, well, we were trying to attack an ISIS state fighters. Well, 
while they were doing that, 85 people just killed or are just dead. And But, however, you would never hear the same thing here. If another country accidentally had an airstrike in the U.S., you would never hear, you would hear about it 24-7, but the same thing happens in Syria, you don't hear anything about it, nothing. And children are dead. Right. The maternity houses are uh, ruined, wrecked. I mean, the country is in ruin. Yeah, absolutely right. And the fact that we're even calling it an accident, right? Like, oops, a daisy killed 85 civilians. That's something that's unheard of, especially if it was an accidental airstrike in France that killed white or Eurocentric people. No, I, I think that's a fair point. Just to just to play devil's advocate, and I'm not saying I agree with this, but I think we should have contrast, which is if you look historically at the use of drones versus the use of B-52 bombers to do, um, you know, manned airstrikes, what they found is that we have significantly cut down on the number of what you call an accident or an accidental killing, what the military refers to as collateral damage, right? And so what we've actually seen is we used to have, be a situation where when we were conducting airstrikes in a place, we would have many more women and children that were being killed when bombs were being dropped out of B-52 bombers and other manned aircraft versus targeted drone strikes. So that's just, again, perception, reality, something to think about. The the one thing that I wanted to mention, um, which I know that we wanted to at least bring up before we get to talking about the president in the last part of this segment, which is um, we don't know the exact numbers, um, but what we do know is that right now about 1,200 Westerners, quote unquote, have been killed by ISIS, yet the number of Muslims that have been killed by ISIS is easily over 10,000, including both terrorist attacks and those who have been killed in battle fighting against ISIS, um, actually in hand, not in hand-to-hand combat, so to speak. So, I mean, th- that number is staggering. I mean, the number of over 10,000 compared to 1,200 is what, you know, five, almost five times that number of Muslims that have been killed uh, by ISIS or in combat with ISIS versus the number of Westerners. Oops, I <laughs> did it again. I blew up your town. Killed some children, but don't worry because it came from America. Oh, sorry, guys. I didn't know that we were still doing a radio show. Um, So fun fact, and I want to play a little bit of um, Devil's Advocate. I was having a conversation with someone the other day. And so we all agree that at this point we've made such a mess in the Middle East that we can't just withdraw our troops, right? We can't just completely withdraw and stop fighting there. There's so many good analogies to that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we'll save that for the next segment, Dreamer and Doer. Just kidding. We won't do that to you. Well, um, you got to keep paying your child support. All right, all right. (laughs) Anyways, thanks a lot, Alyssa. Um, Anyways, damn, I almost forgot my train of thought. So anyway, so we're talking about that now. So if we we don't want to drop drones and we don't want to have boots on the ground, what do we do? Just like just totally withdraw and hope for the best? Um, did you want Amara to yeah. comment on that? Did you catch that, Amara? Yeah, no, I caught that. Well, one thing for start uh, that I would definitely give props to President Obama is definitely to reduce the hostility that's created because the one of the greatest uh, tactics for recruitment is that the fact that there's uh, that Muslim Americans, Muslim Europeans are just they're fueling because of all this hatred towards their, them, their identities, their religion. And so I would definitely prompt uh, President Obama by him saying that ISIS is not Islam and that for him to refuse to say the words radical Islamist terrorism, because he's correct by saying that it's not doing any good. It's not doing anything good for the better of um, the, the entire situation that's going. But, however, I would still disagree with him when he says that uh, his idea is that to, con- uh, to defeat ISIS, to give weapons to rebels in Syria or in the Middle East or in countries like this, 
However, I don't really necessarily see how that could do anything as well. I think that the number one way to defeat ISIS or to get reduce ISIS is to properly educate Muslims and uh, like mosques or instead of referring and definitely uh, like not giving as much media attention to Donald Trump when he says that we should be bombing mosques, we should be shutting down mosques or and even having protests in front of mosques, that's also just creating more negativity. That's creating, that's putting fuel to the fire. That's cre- making it worse. I think the greatest tactic is to really acknowledge the Muslim community. And instead of every single time something about terrorism comes out, you say, oh, Muslims are against this. Well, all right, Muslims are more than just terrorism. I mean, we're doctors, we're people, we're teachers, we're other things. We want to be stopped or referred to as just every time there's a context of terrorism or attacks that you bring in Muslims. I mean, we're kind of done with that. We get it. No, Amara, you are absolutely right. And I just wanted to add on to say that, you know, Muslims are our allies in this fight against ISIS. And we need to treat them as such. And using Islamophobic language and terrorizing a whole religious group of people is not the answer because it just does give ISIS more, you you know, again, more fodder, more material to recruit others. And she's right. The answer to the solution is more jobs, educations, and education and opportunity for Muslims in these Middle Eastern countries. Another reason why ISIS is so successful is because they're saying, like, hey, if you can join us, then, you know, we'll be, we'll, you'll have a future. You'll be able to, you know, provide for your family. You'll be able to, like, really get back to a greater good of society. And they don't feel like they have a purpose. They don't feel like they have a calling. So it's easier for them to fall into, like, the, the wrong hands. And we see the same thing that happens in, you know, gang-invested uh, communities like Chicago. I, I agree with you. And I agree with the guests about the arming of of uh, moderate rebels or whatever we're calling them these days. I mean, this is very similar to a situation we saw in Afghanistan uh, prior to the rise of the Taliban, which is, you know, the when the Soviets, before the collapse of the Soviet Union, the Soviets were in Afghanistan. Um, and what did we do? We provided arms to a group called the Northern Alliance. And the Northern Alliance is a group that uh, eventually some of the people that were part of the Northern Alliance broke off to form the Taliban. And they were fighting Americans now with weapons that they were originally provided by Americans to fight the Russians. So I agree with the guest in that, in, in how that could, uh, you know, not be a good uh, solution and also agree on the point that both the guest and Selena made regarding education, because at the end of the day, that's what people want. You have to provide people with economic opportunity. If you don't want somebody to blow themselves up, the best way for somebody to not blow themselves up is if you give them some kind of opportunity and say, hey, you're going to get an education. Hey, you're going to get a job. You're going to have mobility in life to be able to you know, work hard. And even if it's not the quote unquote American dream, the dream of if you get an education and you work hard, then you will have success in life. That economic opportunity is what prevents people from becoming a suicide bomber. So I I mean, I agree with all that, but I'll take it one step further um, to say that it's, you know, it's not just about the arming or the education. It's also about the, you know, the economic opportunity once you get the education, which is a big problem we're seeing here is lots of people are educated, but they have a lot of student loan debt and no opportunity. So Mm -hmm. it's not good enough to provide the educational opportunities. You also have to be providing the next step of that because otherwise somebody's going to be sitting in a position where they're like, hey, well, I got the education and I have all the debt, but now I can't get a job, like right? right? Exactly, which is what we see here. Well, we um, won't even do it for our own country. We won't even like provide benefits or quality education to people in this country. We won't even provide clean water to people in this country. But I, so why would we do it for the Middle East? And listen, I have one more question that I want to ask the guests because I know we're coming to a close and I know we're going to go back to Selena, which is, you know, 
we were talking in the last segment a lot about the election. What is your perception of um, the Hillary versus Trump thing and Hillary's position as being somebody that's a little more hawkish, uh, so to speak, um, versus the you know the the idea that Donald Trump could become president? Like, where do you come down on that? Well, honestly, I'm going to tell you when people even tell me they're a Trump supporter, I get a little shocked yeah. because I think it's I a little ridiculous. Like people I know who are like, oh, yeah, I support Trump. There's like a moment in me when I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, well, are you against Muslims? Are you against me? Like, yeah. are you going to say that you want to bomb my families in the Middle East? Mm-hmm. Or I, I get a little nervous. And I think that is the exact same feeling that a lot of other Muslims or just a lot of even other people get. Because of the way that he's fueling hate speech and this hatred towards Muslims, he's saying that he wants to bomb their families. And when he says that, his supporters, I watched an interview of other supporters who are also saying, yes, I agree, we should bomb their families because these people are going to reproduce. That's terrifying to hear that because I have family in those areas. That's terrifying to people actually believing that, no, the Muslims should stop reproducing because what if their next children blows up uh, another uh, area with, like, a heavily populated place. So, And then, also, I'm terrified of Donald Trump as well, because I have other friends who wear a hijab, and they're terrified of walking down the street at night. They're terrified of taking a train, the bus by themselves, because of their hijab. They know people are looking at them differently now. They're scared someone's going to snatch it. We see videos on social media constantly of people ripping other women's uh, headscarves or hijabs mm-hmm. off. I mean, that only, I mean, that's been happening definitely, but it's been more active and it's been more out there. And I would say it's because of the way that Donald Trump is speaking about Muslims. The right. way that he's saying that uh, towards, and just not even towards Muslims, but also just towards women in general. Right. Um, unfortunately, Amara, we are bringing this discussion to a close. But before we do, um, you know, I have, you know, one last question that you can pretty much, you know, summarize um, moving forward. Because, you know, our country, we are moving towards the 2016 election. I personally think Hillary Clinton is going to win. But, you know, there is some skeptical uh, apprehension that she will also uh, be bombing brown people, too. And, you know, when you answer that question... Also, if you can tell us how people can get involved with equality for her, the Muslim project and the things, the initiatives that you have launched and are doing to help combat Islamophobia. Definitely. So I'm going to speak. Well, Hillary is still, I mean, as a presidential candidate or if she becomes president, which we hope she does. There's certain areas in the Middle East that will always be droned and always be bombed, but those countries are aware of it. Those governments are aware of it, and those governments are accepting of it. Example, like some places in Afghanistan, the countries and the governments know of it. Not always, but most of the time, there is an agreement there. And so when people are saying, well, Hillary's still going to do the same thing, I don't mind her doing it if the governments know, if it's not like U.S. is taking an upper hand of it. And then... um, Going back to uh, the equality for her and the Muslim Project, well, the Muslim Project is essentially trying to erase Islamophobia and it's by simply uh, interviewing other Muslims who are in a wide variety of Muslims. I mean, I've interviewed a, a Muslim in the LGBT community. I've um, interviewed Muslims who have converted into Islam. I've interviewed people who have been born into um, Islam. I've interviewed black Muslims, any white Muslims, everyone. And that's to show that, look, there's a diverse base to Islam. It's not what the media is showing you. 
So I would just say that if there's anyone who wants to be featured, please let me know. And stay, I mean, always look at the blog. There's always going to be posts there. But, yeah, definitely if you have people who are interested in being featured, send them my way. Um, I'll definitely be more than happy to feature diverse space to Islam or just anyone who has something to say. Thank you so much again, Amara. We appreciate that. And we will definitely be, you know, helping you and, and being an ally in any way we can to support those initiatives that you have. And I just wanted to close by saying this us versus them mentality that we continue to hear, that rhetoric that we continue to hear from Donald Trump and the Republican Party has been driving his platform, has driven him to actually win the Republican nomination and, God forbid, actually become president. But it's only dividing us. Again, Muslims are Americans. They are people. They are dying. And for us to only care when it hits, you know, when it's in our backyard is not fair. It's not fair. And the thing is, you know, I have a, you know, I have a diverse group of friends right if something affects them it also affects me i don't need it to be my mom or my uncle to die for 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 me to actually care and i feel like this this country and then you have like the the rhetoric that's being spoken from the right is not helping that and i think that it's time for us to come together and to unify and that is the greatest way to defeat isis i mean that's the answer right there um on that note we do have to end this segment we're gonna take a quick break but when we come back we're going straight into the dreamer endure series right here and let your voice be heard (laughs) 